So we're uh, looking at this new series, not new, but we're redoing this series called Five Keys of Authority uh, in, in, a, in accordance with Pastor Leo Harris's book. And last week I gave an introduction uh, looking at uh, the, the two words. Do you remember what those words were? Authority and power. Very good. Uh, who remembers them in the Greek? Exousia. Yeah. And dunamis. Yeah, very good. So you did good. You did good. You just did a little test there, and it worked. <clears throat> so we're looking at this week the first key of our of authority, which is the authority of Christ. Last week we looked at the victory and revival comes only through the delegated authority of Christ to us. And we, we're on that journey of, of understanding what revival is. We're on that journey of understanding of what walking in victory, walking in Christ, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit actually means and actually looks like. And uh, if you're anything like me, you want it to look like the book of Acts. You want it to look like the early church. You want it to look like people coming and being saved. You want it to look like people being baptized both in water and in fire. You want it to look like churches being established. You want it to look like every day people coming to the knowledge of the gospel and Jesus Christ. You want it to look like your friends being set free of sickness. You want it to look like your friends being set free of sin. You want it to look like the early book of Acts. That's what it is to walk in victory, what it is to walk in constant revival. And it only happens because the delegated authority of Christ to us. When the church grasps this key, when the church grasps the very truth that authority is from God and authority is all Jesus's and he has delegated it to you and I, we will walk in constant victory and constant revival. You see, Scripture says it this way. I love this. This is uh, Ephesians 1.18. And you know, my, my favorite go-to passage is Ephesians 1. It says this, I pray also, this is Paul, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he, Jesus, has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Continues. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under whose feet? Jesus' feet, that's right. And appointed him to be head over everything for the church. So everything is under Jesus' feet for you, the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Father, we just commend, commit to you right now this time. Your word, Lord, may it penetrate our heart. May it bring us into a constant state of revival a constant walking in victory. May your word challenge us. May it pierce through to our hearts and bring a transformation to our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there's this scripture, Ephesians 1, in that passage says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. The authority of Christ is absolute. 
I'll say that again. The authority of Christ is absolute. All means all. Not the majority. And everything means everything. Not most things. So when we look at all, everything is incorporated in all. And when we look at everything, it means all things pertain to you. Think about that. Because of Jesus. There is no other name. I'll say this nice and clear for everyone this morning. There is no other name by which man can be saved. Not Allah. Not Buddha. Not Krishna. Not Steve. Not Thomas. Not Jacob. Not anybody. There is no other name that man or woman can be saved but through the name of Jesus Christ. Because all things, not most, all things are under his feet. That means Buddha is under Jesus' feet. He can't rise from the dead. Yeah? He's already dead, so why do people worship him? There is no other name of which a human being can be saved. There is nothing that can set you free from the punishment of death and therefore the fires of hell but forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. No other means. That is your message. Only the name of Jesus Christ has the power and authority to set people free from the curse of sin, death, and slavery. Church, we have come to the realization that Je- we have to come to the realization that Jesus Christ has the authority in every situation that we face. Every circumstance that we come up against, every pain, every disease, every trial we face, and yes, even ourselves. Jesus has authority in every situation. If you're struggling even with your own mindsets to be free and to be walking in transformation, Jesus has authority over that if only you would submit completely to him. Jesus has authority over every circumstance. It's like taking the padlock, and I was going to grab a padlock, but I didn't get time to open the drawer. You know what a padlock is, eh? I don't have to really show you. It's like taking a padlock and trying to fit the wrong key into the padlock. You could you could grab a key, and the key could be new ways of thinking, like the new age. You could grab the key that says old habits. And let me tell you, if you want to be unlocked for the kingdom of God, the key of old habits or new age thinking is not going to unlock the kingdom for you. You could, you could have this teaching. You could have that teaching. You could have something that works for another minister in another part of the world. You can have this magic formula. And let me tell you, it's not going to open the kingdom of God for you in your situation. It's the wrong key. The only key that is going to open the kingdom of God for you is realizing this one truth, that all authority is Jesus's. And he has delegated that authority to his church, which is you and I. 
You plug in the authority of Christ into the kingdom of God and unlock what is going on there and you will find, you will find a place that you have never experienced before. It comes to the authority of Christ, not of man. Because Jesus has authority, you and I have authority. We plug the right key into it and it unlocks all of the potential of the kingdom for you and I. Do you feel that Jesus Christ would be where he is today, at the right hand of the Father, with all things under his feet, and head over everything, if he came down, if he called down the armies of angels and saved himself from the cross? Think of Jesus up there on the cross for a moment. Jesus is dying. The men on the ground are saying, Call down the angels, they will set you free. That will, if, you're, if you're the king of the Jews, then come down off of that. Set yourself free. Do you think Jesus would be in the place of authority that he is today if he had done that? No. So Jesus had to go through something so that he could attain all authority. Jesus preached these principles and he acted upon them. If you want to find life, you must first be willing to lose it. Isn't that true? But how many Christians are walking around going, Jesus, bless me and my life? And not actually thinking about what it means to take up your cross daily and live unto Jesus. You know, we've, we've turned into this help me club instead of actually understanding that for unlocking that padlock, it takes laying my life down for him. Coming under his complete authority. Jesus preached this, if you want to live, you must be willing to die. If you want to be first, what did he say? You must be willing to be last. If you want authority, you must be willing to submit to another's authority. Luke chapter 9 talks about the, the centurion and Jesus, he comes to Jesus and, and I said this last week really briefly, but he comes to Jesus and he says, I'm a man under authority. I understand authority because I say to this one go and this one go because I command them because I too am under, a man under authority. And Jesus talks about his faith like he hasn't seen it in, in all of Israel. And he gets his miracle. See, authority unlocks something. If you want authority, you can't come to me and demand authority from me. I don't have any of myself, not even in my own home, because Christ is the head of my home, right? So you can't come to me and say, Steve, I want all authority. I can't give it to you. But you can go to Jesus and die to yourself, and he will give you all authority that is his. Because it doesn't work through a vessel that's broken. It works through his grace in your life. You think about authority and the way that Jesus spins it all on his head. If you're willing to live, you must be willing to let your life go. Jesus knew this and more importantly lived like this. He now has all things under his feet. That is everything. See, God, Jesus humbled himself even unto death and God exalted him far above seated him at the right hand, giving him all authority. 
And we now have an advocate beside God, a representative, someone of our own flesh and our own kind who is fully God and yet still in the resurrected body today. That makes me feel a lot more comfortable, doesn't it, you? When you start talking about the fear of God. Ephesians 2, 6. I'll put it up there for you. The clicker's a bit wrong today. There we go. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. In Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. This means that we, as we submit and are united with each of the five areas that we're talking about in authority over the next five weeks, that we too will be able to live out the reality of having all things under our feet. Jesus has seated us with him in the heavenly realms. This is a legal standing right now. If you are a believer in Christ, if you are saved, you are now legally positioned with him in heavenly realms. Victory comes through delegated authority. If you want to walk in victory in your life, you understand the principles of submitting to authority, you will have authority in every situation of your life. I'm going to read something that Pastor Leo Harris wrote, and I just feel that it will help us set the the tone for the series. So remember, we're doing this book. It's called The Five Keys of Authority, and it's only a really small book in this compendium of works. But these five keys all came out of a crisis, different crises in Pastor Harris's life. You know, like I said last week, if you go through a trial, there is usually a grace in there that you need to discover. Yeah? It says this. I won't read the very start of it, but it was in 1949, so it's a long time ago for some of us. Then suddenly the Spirit of God began to move upon me. It was so real and definite that I checked the time with my watch. It was 4.20 a.m. With moments, it's, Within moments it seemed that the Word of God was thundering within my heart and mind. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, Matthew 28. 18 to 19. Pastor Harris was, was wrestling with these, with this concept of authority. He said, why, why is it that it's not working? And he was wrestling with this and in his prayer life with God and God stirs him. And he says, it seemed as though words came from the risen, enthroned Christ himself. I found myself repeating them over and over. My friend seemed merely to share the mercy drops, but he knew that the spirit of the Lord was mightily present. To me it seemed that the heavens had rolled apart and that I had gained an entirely new concept of the authority of the risen and glorified Christ. I saw that authority in relation to myself personally and my ministry for the Lord. I saw it in relation to the church. I saw that authority in relation to Satan and his works. I saw it in relation to the personal return of Christ when all nations shall bow the knee to him. I saw the authority of Christ demonstrated in the fulfillment of the entire plan and purpose of God. These words in print cannot possibly convey the significance of this experience in my ministry. Although I have been in full-time ministry for almost 10 years, 
throughout Australia and New Zealand. Although I had, under God, established the assembly in Adelaide and during the previous year had seen almost a 100 people baptized in the Holy Spirit, yet the experience of that touched off in my heart a new vital faith in the authority of Christ and placed in my hand a key to the effective ministry which has blessed many in Australia and in other lands. I later showered and dressed and drove to the homes of two of the church officers. One was having breakfast prior to leaving for his work. The other was still in bed. However, in both kitchen and bedroom, I poured out the conviction and concept that the Lord had burned into my soul that night and told these brethren, I believe we had the key to a New Testament revival. I love listening to the old language as they wrote. 1949 is a long time ago, yeah? But the power of God hit him mightily. Firstly, there are five things that come out of this part of the book that we're looking at. There are five, I suppose, aspects of Christ's authority that I want to open up for us today, and I'll do it really quickly. Firstly, Christ's authority, or the aspects of Christ's authority, we have to understand that it's a delegated authority. I touched on that last week, the Greek word exousia. It's delegated authority. It's delegated first and foremost from the Father to the Son because of what He achieved at Calvary. He dedicates it to us because of our faith in Him. It's a delegated authority. Matthew 28, 18 says, it declares that all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. Jesus exercised this authority in his earthly ministry. In Matthew 9 and verse 8, when the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. See, how, how Jesus spoke amazed them. It was his authority that they witnessed. Now, having died on the cross and being raised by God to the right hand, Jesus has been given all authority both on heaven and on earth. In heaven and on earth. Philippians 2.10 says it this way, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord the glory to the glory of God the Father. Think about that. Every knee, both in heaven and on earth. You only have to read the book of Revelations to realize how much authority Jesus has when they bring him the scroll. Who's worthy? It's the Lamb of God. Secondly, the first one is delegated authority. Secondly, Jesus has authority over angels. You might think, oh, that's not real important, Steve. Well, let me tell you, it is. Hebrews 1.4, firstly, let's read it. It says, So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Jesus is exalted above the angels. In verse 6, it continues, Let all God's angels worship him. Hebrews 1 and verse 6. Hebrews 1 and verse 13 continues, and to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? I've met people 
who in a roundabout way seem to put the vision of angels above the authority of Jesus. I don't know about you, I've met them. They're supposed to be messengers of the gospel. They're supposed to be messengers of the good news, like we are. But they get so blown away that they would see an angel that it it sort of derails their faith a little bit. But you see, Hebrews outlines for us straight away that he is far above those majestic beings, which puts us far above those majestic beings because we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. So so don't put the fact that you see something over and above the fact that you are something. There's a reality in the fact that you are in Christ and Christ is in heaven, seated at the right hand of authority in God. Now, if God wants to give you the grace to open your eyes up and to see the spiritual realm, and there are people in this room that have that grace, it is for a particular purpose. It's like a prophetic gift. It is supposed to warn us or encourage us and lead us into what God is doing. But we must remember it's God's plan first through the authority of Jesus Christ that we walk. And we don't get caught up in the things that really, when you spend an eternity in the presence of God, they will become common to you. You see? So angels having authority over them is really important. And there's a lot of studies into this, but it means if if there are angels that are assigned by God to do the work of God, and we're seated in heavenly realms with Christ, it means that we can ask God to be able to send angels to do assignments upon our behalf for the church. Think about that. You might have a friend who's in dire straits and in dire need, and, and they might be about to step out in front of a bus. You can send an agent of the Lord to go and save them from being killed so that the gospel can be preached. That's an interesting fact. That's the authority of Jesus working through his body, the church. Now don't get all weird and super spiritual about that. That's just godly order. okay? Because you are seated with Christ in heavenly realms far above every created being. And it puts us into this point for our third point is that Jesus has authority over principalities and powers, which, by the way, are angelic beings as well. So if if we have the authority over the good ones, we also have the authority over those who are assigned to take you out as the devil's assignment is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. So you actually have authority over principalities and powers because you are seated in heavenly realms in Christ. That's faith right there. You do not have to be uh, quivering in the back block somewhere because Satan has scared you out of your assignment from heaven. You, If you have the authority of Christ, stand up into the authority of Christ and take back that ground that the enemy tries to take to steal from you. Ephesians 1.19 The working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, 
not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Although Satan is the God of this age, he is located now eternally forevermore under the feet of Jesus. And he must submit to the authority of the exalted Christ. Let me read Colossians 2.15 to you. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he, that is Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them at the cross. You know that it says that Jesus led captivity captive. We sometimes get that the wrong way around. We sometimes think that those who were held in the bondage of sin, he led out. But that kind of doesn't make sense of what the text is saying. The text is saying that those who were holding them in captive, he led them out as captives. Okay? Jesus has authority over all things, including principalities and powers that are assignment against your life. Jesus has set you free. He made a public spectacle of them at the cross. So do you run in fear or do you laugh at the fact that they're trying to win a battle that the war has already been won? You see, perspective, it's all a matter of perspective. When you walk in authority that is delegated from Jesus through to his church, you walk over and above the attempts of the enemy to take you out. Have I, got, have I lost anyone there? We're all good? We're on track? The fourth one. I might skip that little bit there. Oh, no. Satan on the cross. Um, no, I'll read this bit in, in, in the book. Sorry. Just continuing. So the story was Pastor Harris goes and sees his, his two elders about what happened that, not, that morning really early. The same day, later that day, we held our regular meeting prayer meeting, our regular weekly prayer meeting. As I related my experience to the people that filled that room, the Spirit of the Lord descended once more, and without announcement, the people dropped to their knees in praise and worship. In that service, we had the first experience in our Adelaide ministry of delivering a person from a demon which manifested itself in our midst. And from that time onward, we saw the tide of revival blessing rise in our services as I continued to preach and unfold this revelation of the authority of the risen Christ. Week by week, I became more and more convinced that the Holy Spirit had placed in my hand a key that would release captives from their bondage and bring a Christ-exalting revival. Many and varied have been our experiences in the years that have followed. Many problems have had to be faced and many difficulties overcome. Yet through it, all there, were, uh, there has remained in my heart and in my ministry this strong conviction and bold faith in the absolute authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you think about it, guys, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, which puts the authority of the kingdom right in your hands and you are charged to make that authority here and now. 
That is your charge from heaven himself, itself. That is the charge from the very person of Jesus Christ. All authority has been given unto me, now therefore go. Go in my authority, go in my power, go in what I have achieved for you and establish my kingdom in your reality. Fourthly, better be quick, authority over the church. Christ's preeminence over all creation is seen here again. Colossians 1.18 And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Ephesians 1.22, I read that before. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. We see that the church, uh, the, sorry, we see that Christ is not only the authorized head of the church, but that he is also head over all things for the benefit of the church. Not only in the church, not only is the church compelled to submit to the authority of Christ, but it is privileged to share the results of Christ's headship over all things in heaven and in earth. How tragic it is, and this is half of this is in the words of Harris. How tragic it is when we see a church defeated, ineffective and powerless when it is the representation of Jesus Christ. No wonder people say Jesus is powerless and take destiny into their own hands. This is a big challenge, church. Do we corporately and individually give a true representation of Jesus Christ? Do we do more than just verbalize religious jargon and allow ourselves to express the power and authority which is rightfully ours? Do we allow God to have a say in our life, but more importantly, do we submit, truly submit to the will of the Father in our lives? The last one. So if Christ has got it, Delegated authority, he's got authority over all the angels. He's got authority over principalities and powers. He's got authority over the church because he is the head of the church. The last one is this. Jesus Christ has the authority to save and to judge. Jesus declared that the Son had authority on earth to forgive sins. Peter said in Acts 4.12, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. John 5.22, Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. And He has given Him authority to judge because He is the Son of Man. Are we starting to believe that Jesus Christ has some authority? That he can actually make a real difference in our lives if only we would let him. Every situation, every circumstance that you walk into and you walk through, every trial and challenge that comes your way, there is an opportunity to discover the power and authority of Jesus Christ to overcome that. Jesus overcame every situation and, and as his church, as his body, we are called to overcome every situation in his authority. 
Victory comes through delegated authority. Amen? The Bible tells us that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know why? Because Jesus Christ is risen. He is the risen Son of God and He has authority to deal with all sin. Everything against you. Let me conclude with this passage out of the book. As a doctrine, all Christians accept it. The authority of Christ, all Christians accept it as a doctrine. So theologically up here, in your brain, you accept it. Jesus has it. Intellectually, all believers give their assent to it. But the key is not in our knowledge of authority of Christ, but in the revelation of it, in the inward conviction of it, in the burning, passionate faith of the authority of Christ. It must become a concept. In other words, it must become a habit. It must illuminate our hearts and spirits as well as our minds. It must fire us with a zealous dedication to its truth and to a wholehearted application in our lives and service for the Lord. Our faith in the authority of Christ should be, uh, should be an incentive to victorious living. It should inspire us to successful service. It should make all God's promises effective in our lives. It should challenge the church to a victorious revival and it gives us the assurance of his coming again. Little wonder that the Apostle John on the island of Patmos fell at the feet of Jesus as one who was dead when he saw the risen Lord. The very man John who put his head upon the bosom of Jesus, who knew him intimately, who says about him more than five times in the book that he wrote, the gospel that he wrote, the one whom Jesus loves. When he saw him in his resurrected authority, he fell as one dead before the authority of Jesus. Church, are we going to be, take up the challenge to step into the authority of Christ? Are we going to step into the fear of the Lord and actually apply the very things that Jesus has given you authority to apply so that we could see victory move forward? Let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this truth. And we ask you, Lord, to make it real to us, to bring about even an event today that we can stand upon the authority of Jesus and claim victory over that through the word and through our stance in the authority of God. Lord, take us from one to the next. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.